Let us pray. Merciful and gracious God, we thank you for the many ways that you continue to bless us. The many ways you allow us to experience your grace and your mercy above and beyond everything. And in all those things, Lord, you help us, Lord, to shift our minds, our hearts, our souls, but more and more importantly, our entire lives. We pray, Lord, that this this time of holy conversations, this time of, of preaching, this time of discernment, Lord, that you help us, Lord, to ready ourselves to give our whole self to you. Thank you, Lord, for the many ways you continue to love us. Even time, even at times when we don't know how to love ourselves. By your spirit, open our minds, our hearts, but more importantly, our souls to hear what you would have for us this day. Amen. My friends, of course, because we're beginning a four-point part sermon series, we have to decided to break away from the lectionary reading for the next four weeks. So our passage of scripture, which would guide this first part of our sermons, our four-part sermon series comes from Philippians, the second chapter, verses 5 through 11. And it reads from the New Revised Standard Version. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. My friends, I've, I've had these inter- interesting arguments over the last uh, several years, um, even before I went to seminary, and obviously while I was in seminary, that we often begin our journey in believing in God, believing in Jesus Christ, so we say that our journey begins in faith. Well, my argument is that's false. I believe that our journey actually begins with our minds. We can't begin to have faith, to understand faith, or even grapple with faith until we make up our mind that we are ready to make this commitment. We're ready to accept Jesus Christ as Lord or to wrestle with the fact that Jesus Christ may not be Lord. Obviously, I have decided wholeheartedly that Jesus Christ is Lord for more reasons than one. However, my friends, I I believe that we believe in God. We accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and embrace the guidance and the comfort of the Holy Spirit by first convincing ourselves that the triune God is indeed our all and our all. And I've even 
accepted within my mind first, or when I accepted in my mind first that the triune God was our all in all, is when I started experiencing supernatural things of God. Now, obviously, everyone may not have those type of encounters. Some encounters may be very subtle. Some encounters may be built around what you have learned from your family, what you've learned in Sunday school. Be careful what you learn in Sunday school. <laughs> but our, our faith is built around, again, what we allow ourselves to believe. And I think it starts with our mind. In fact, my friends, I, I believe that we can, cannot have a relationship with God until we ready our minds to be able to accept that. And whether you want to accept this or, or embrace this or not, but even, even when you grow stronger in your faith and grow stronger in your journey, our minds continue to play a major, major part of that. Especially when we're going through uh, uh, issues or we're stuck in between life situations, our mind, as the, the saying uh, goes, that our minds will start to play tricks on us. That's why it's very important for us to learn how to cast away and cast down those imaginations, those things that pull us away from God, those things that pull us away from the faith that we learn to develop, the faith that we learn to, to formulate, and the faith that we learn to develop along our life's journey. And I don't think it's strange, even with me saying that, and I believe that wholeheartedly. I preach harder to myself than I preach to anyone else. And, 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 and God actually gives us points of references to, to remind us of that, obviously our very greatest point of reference is the Bible. This is where God gives us at least basic instructions before we leave earth. B-I-B-L-E. And in this Philippian text, we find Paul doing just that. He's giving them a point, the, the church at Philippi, a point of reference about how important this is to have a strong mind and to develop these thoughts about Jesus Christ and who Jesus Christ is. And of course, to give you a little context of, of, of why he's writing this particular le letter, the church at Philippi is one of the blessed churches. In fact, and I've mentioned this before, it is one of the churches that, that is mentioned even in Revelations where Jesus, where God did not find fault in this particular church. They were very devout. They were doing, at least from what we gauge from text, they were doing what was expected of them in the faith. They were very hard charging. They were very passionate about what they believe. Of course, we know that they, the, the church at Philippi, the people at Philippi, they were devout Jews. When, when Paul started evangelizing to them and, and reading in other texts outside of the Bible, obviously, they were very devout in, in the ritualistic principles of Judaism. So it wasn't very easy for Paul to convince them to start following this new way. However, very similar to the, to the church at Berea, these particular Christians became, these early converts became very devout and became very committed. 
they were very, very passionate about following Jesus Christ. But Paul, in all of his travels, and, and obviously in his experience with other churches, he knew that there would be other people, there would be people either within the body of faith or outside people who would try to come in and try to confuse them, try to take them or shift their minds away from the things of Jesus. So in this passage of the scripture, he starts off, at least in this pericope part of this, this Philippian text, he starts off by telling them, let this mind of Christ also be within you. And what he was, what he was referring to more specifically, he was uh, reminding them about how important it was for them to become humble. To allow themselves to be emptied out in order for Jesus to pour Jesus' self into them. And of course, he, 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 he gives them the perfect example of Jesus. He reminded them that Jesus allowed himself to be emptied out, to be stretched out, even to the point of dying on the cross. Of sacrificing himself. What greater form or greater act of, of humility anyone could see? And I think that's very important for us in our context, especially when we're trying to grow our faith, when we're trying to draw closer to God. It requires us also to be humble. There may be times when we may be faced with tough situations or in a bind of some sort. And it's going to require us to humble ourselves first, I would say, even in prayer. To humble ourselves down to the point where we start to say, God, I just don't get it. God, I don't understand. God, I need you. God, I'm tired of trying to fight these battles on my own. God, I need some direction. God, I need some guidance. And in all of our humanness, especially be, because we live in a self-centered society, that's kind of hard sometimes. In fact, let me make it a little bit more practical. And this probably only happened to me. There's times when I try to fix everything in my power and try to do everything that I think is the right thing. Nothing's wrong with that on the surface, by all means. But there's times when I, I have to realize that, you know, this might be bigger than you, Derek. This is something that requires a, a supernatural, supernatural encounter, a supernatural breakthrough from God. This requires a time where I, I have to learn how to use my faith. And y'all remember what that acrostic word means? Forsaking all, I take him. Forsaking, forsaking my own self. Forsaking what I think is the right thing. Now, not that we, we need to stop thinking. I'm not suggesting that under no circumstances. However, I think God sometimes wants us to shift our minds away from ourselves and shift our minds more towards the things of God. And obviously in, this particular, in this, uh, this particular sermon, I don't have a whole lot of time to unpack that. 
But I think Robbie, they're going to do that today in this sentence. I'm going to give you a plug, buddy. There's ways that we can listen to God. There's ways that I think God is, is trying to get our attention in more ways than one. However, it takes a mind thing. It takes a, 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 it takes a, a certain level of trust. Humility, then there's trust. Our mind tells us that we can trust the things of God. Why can we trust the things of God? Because God has a very great track record. A very, very great, great track record. In fact, I would argue tooth and nail and I would debate with anyone. No one has a better track record than God. No one. God has been doing supernatural things, have, doing, have been giving people breakthroughs, have been providing grace, have been providing love, have been providing guidance far greater than anyone ever in all of history, written or unwritten. If you don't believe me, pick up your Bible, start with Genesis and work your way through. Yes, people may say, well, that's written by human folks. Yeah, but everything else that you read and believe came from a human person. Boom, got you, one up on you. I'd rather take my chance on what is written in the B-I-B-L-E. I'd rather take my chances in putting my mind on the things of God above and beyond everything. So, here's the point, my friends. And this is why it's important for us to start off with this first part of our sermon series. Obviously, my friends, this is a short message because there's so much that is going on uh, today. But let us start to shift our minds and start focusing on God in order for God to start revealing and manifesting things of God to us. There is a purpose for each and every one of us. But in order for us to know what that purpose is, then we have to let, we have to have the same mind that was in Jesus Christ. Starting with humility and then moving towards trust. I want us to, want you to come back next week and we're going to, um, we definitely going to unpack that a little bit more when we start to talk about the heart of the matter. But the thing that we, we want to be very mindful of also, uh, are those saints who I believe shifted their minds a long time ago. And we would like to think the saints that have gone on before us made up their minds to follow God. They made up their minds to commit their whole selves to God. So today, my friends, we remember the saints of Central who have gone on before us. Today we remember Francis Earl Mills Faulkner. We remember Kenneth Ken Eugene Brown. We remember Norma Utsi Hamer. We remember Jesse Ted Walker. We remember Edward Kenneth Ken Burdett the third. We remember Vivian Elaine Nixon. We remember David William Keller Jr. 
We remember Thomas, Tommy, E. Laos III. We remember Murray, Emmett, Jordan. We remember William, Bill, Smiley, Kennard. We remember Marcus, Mark, Baldwin, Molly. We remember Ann, Rogers, Nettles. We remember Charles, Allen, Herndon, Sr. We remember Dorothy McCutcheon Holloman. We remember Stephen Horn Roach. We remember Shirley Greer Church. We remember Joseph Franklin Frank Stokes Jr. We remember Mary Helen Hemingway Brown. We remember Ray Connor Connor Moore. We remember Michael Mike Wallace Bywater. We remember Barbara Sawyer Kennard. And my friends, we remember Patton Cormick Woodward. Indeed, my friends, we are not alone. God is with us throughout our entire journey. And one of the ways that God continued to remind us of God's presence is by inviting us to commune with God through the presence of God's spirit, the presence of God in all of God's fullness through communion. We do so today by receiving and partaking in Holy Communion. Although we're serving communion here at Central United Methodist Church, it is not Central's table. It is not the United Methodist table. It's definitely not Pastor Derek's table. It is the Lord's table. So all are welcome to receive Holy Communion today. We ask that you please follow the litany which is up on our projection screen behind us. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham and Sarah, the God of Miriam and Moses, the God of Joshua and Deborah, the God of Ruth and David, the God of the priests and the prophets, the God of Mary and Joseph, the God of the apostles and the martyrs, the God of our mothers and our fathers, the God of our children to all generations. 
And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when this supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we name in our hearts before you. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, strengthen us to run the perseverance Run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. Until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father both now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray the Lord's Prayer in unison. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The bread in which we break is the sharing of the body of Christ. The cup in which we give thanks over is the sharing of the blood of Christ. My dear friends, here in the well we serve uh, or we receive Holy Communion by way of intention. And what that means 
is you would cut your hands as such as the person who is serving to you would break off a piece of the bread, which is the body of Christ, place it in your hand as an act of humility. You would then take the bread and you would dip it into the chalice, which is the cup, and then you would receive both elements at the same time. And we ask that you pass it around the table. As you're actually facilitating communion, we ask that you please pay attention to the words that is up on the screen and you would announce, renounce that to the person that you're serving. And if you would like gluten-free, we ask that you come to the center table and we will serve you. Let us now receive Holy Communion together.
let us all stand. Of course, I would be remiss before I send us out with the dismissal with prayer if I did not say to share any You're my heart. Thank you for the warm welcome that you gave me here at the well and the guidance, the teachings, the solding. <laughs> in love. We not only were co-workers, but we became friends and will remain friends. Well done, my friends. Well done. We love you. And I didn't cry. <laughs> my friends, let us go forth in peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all both now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.